Most of us are familiar with the Surgeon General's warning that cigarette smoking can be harmful for your health. Well, the Surgeon General might want to add a warning to growing up in today's American culture, which can be hazardous to your child's health. Now, we're talking emotional, psychological, social, even physical and spiritual health here. So, as a parent, knowing how to navigate our culture in a way that fosters an objective understanding of today's issues is critical. But it's also critical that this understanding fosters a greater appetite for God's will and way in our kids, despite the foolish and carnal temptations and objections from our culture gone wild. So today, let's dig in and explore ways to help our kids navigate American culture as we dip our toes into a quick course called Youth Culture 101. That's next on License to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to yet another edition of License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis and their families. I'm Rich Rosel, and our host is the founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Uh, Trace, I know that, well, really the entire mission of not just this broadcast, but Shepherd's Hill Academy in particular, is to impact youth and their families to become what you like to call change agents to our American culture. Uh, I think today's guest and his book ought to be right in your wheelhouse, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the tagline of this broadcast is Insight for Today's Culture. We understand what the culture is actually doing uh, uh, to the uh, attitudes and appetites of our kids. And I really appreciate anyone or anything that addresses the elephant in the room when it comes to the problems of our kids and families, uh, the things they're struggling with today. I, I know it's cliche, but you know, too many parents these days aren't seeing the forest for all the trees. Uh, my experience tells me that the preeminent problem with negative, that negatively affects and, and, and even fuels the appetites, attitudes, actions, and even addictions that plague so many young people today stem from the very culture that we've now become, I think, too comfortable with and accepting of. But I, I respect what today's guest has done with his book, Youth Culture 101. He's, he's not giving a cookie-cutter solution to this or that or the other problem. He uh, seems to give parents credit to do the right thing with the information he's, he's providing. Uh, admittedly, I, I tend to be a bit on the prescriptive side of the, of the equation. <laughs> uh, because for me and from my experience, it seems uh, you know when I actually do more to simply paint the picture and then let or, or trust folks to get it sorted out for themselves. Right, right. Uh, I, I then sometimes get accused of not offering enough solutions. And uh, when I offer more solutions according to what Scripture appears to say about uh, any given topic or situation, that's when I get accused of being too prescriptive. But uh, So I'm still learning how to, how to say things that will be better received uh, because, after all, a general answer really does turn away wrath. But with so much of what I'm uh, constantly having to learn in, in these days of political correctness and trigger words and safe spaces, I'm also coming to realize that you know, it doesn't really matter uh, a whole lot anymore how soft you deliver the truth. Uh, the truth still is offensive yeah. to a lot of people. Uh, hopefully today's guest can help us get some of this stuff sorted out and, yeah. and learn something here. And, and I think we as parents uh, are guilty of the, uh, the the frog in the boiling water syndrome. Oh, that it, it has come along. You know, people have talked for years about the slippery slope, and we've been walking gradually down that slippery yeah. slope and not even noticed how we got here. So yeah. therefore... Even though we may have come up in a different culture, we're now in the midst of this one, and we don't even see the problems around us right. so often. And it's become a missionary culture. I mean, I think right. a few years ago was the first year in all of American history where we're now receiving more missionaries to evangelize than we're us than we're sending right. out. So we are in the forest, uh, and we really can't see the trees. And you're right, that slippery slope does play into the equation. Yeah. 
Um, and we've just been slowly seduced. And I think C.S. Lewis said it best about that. That slow road to, uh, that road to hell is a slow and gradual one or in so many words. Yeah. And of course, then there's the old intention thing too. And the road to hell is also paid with what? Good intention. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me bring today's guest into the conversation. Dr. Walt Mueller is the founder and president of the Center for Parent Youth Understanding, also known as CPYU. That's a nonprofit organization that serves schools and churches and community organizations across the U.S., Canada, and even worldwide in their efforts to strengthen families. Now, Walt has been working with young people and families for over 35 years. He's a recognized authority on youth culture and family issues and has appeared on numerous media outlets internationally to discuss teenagers and their world, which is what we're all about here. Walt is a regular seminar and conference speaker and the author of numerous books, including several great titles, Opie Doesn't Live Here Anymore, (laughs) uh, Where Faith, Family, and Culture Collide, Youth Culture 101, published by Zondervan back in 2007, and the critically acclaimed Gold Medallion Award winner, Understanding Today's Youth Culture. He's a regular contributor to a variety of publications, both professional and popular. His commentary and analysis on youth culture is heard daily on over 800 radio stations across the U.S. and in Canada. And uh, we're just glad to have him joining here to help teach us about Youth Culture 101. Incidentally, Walt and his wife, Lisa, live in Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania. They have four kids and three grandchildren. Very good. Walt, welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Well, thanks for having me. I, I love chatting about these things, and I think you're right. It is important for us to, you know, see what's happening out there in the world, and how can we respond to things if we don't know? Right, exactly. Well, you really do a great work over there at uh, CPYU. Uh, can you give us an overview of, of exactly what you do, your mission, and, and how your listeners can best take, how our listeners can best take advantage of the, of the ministry that you're offering them? Yeah, well, we actually got started over 30 years ago. I, I was working with a group of uh, parents. I was a youth worker in the Philadelphia area, and they came to me and said, we have a problem. Uh, this time, the problem was not me as their youth worker. It was a problem with their kids. They just didn't understand the world of their kids, and they knew that to guide them through the culture and to guide them into a, a spiritually uh, healthy adulthood, to, to lead them to a deep faith in Jesus Christ, they needed to help their kids navigate things, so they needed to know what those things were. And so I started to more intentionally help parents understand that, and that grew into what we do now. So basically what we're trying to do, Trace, is help parents and youth workers and teachers and pastors and others see themselves if they want to lead kids to a deeper faith see themselves as cross-cultural missionaries. And so we're helping them understand, you know, a little bit about the culture, what the culture is teaching students, and then how to bring the light of the gospel to bear on that. One theologian once said that every Christian needs to start their day with a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other. And so we're working to help that actually take place and happen. And, And more than anything else, you know, my desire is foster a a culture of biblical discernment within the church, where we teach people how to discern and give them tools for that. Uh, Walt, I heard a Christian leader many years ago, though, make the point that a bank teller, for example, doesn't study fake money. What he or she studies instead is the real deal, so that when the fake shows up, you know, they'll, they'll instantly recognize it. Uh, can the same be said for us that if we just immerse ourselves in biblical truths, it really doesn't matter what the culture is doing because we'll we'll spot a fake any moment? 
Well, that's a, that's an interesting metaphor. I've heard that before, and it's actually used to as basically an apologetic for you know keep your nose out of the culture. You don't need to know anything that's going on. The the truth in that metaphor, the truth in that analogy is basically, and and that guidance is that we do need to first and foremost understand God's Word. We do need to keep our nose in God's Word daily. And and I say this to parents all the time, the most important aspect of Christian nurture, if you want to nurture your children, is to nurture yourself in the faith, to spend time in God's Word. But the reality is that we have to go further then, because the bank teller eventually does look at the counterfeit. And they are able to say, okay, this is a counterfeit, to look at it carefully, you know, like what, what kind of ink is being used and where is it missing something or where is something blurred or where has something been added. And you start to pick through that. And part of what we need to do with our kids, you know, Trace mentioned the world of music and media. And, you know, that's a huge part of, of the world of our kids right now. They are not going to know how to, how to discern Unless, of course, they know God's Word, but then they have to look at, and parents need to do this, youth workers as well, look at a particular music piece and say, where perhaps does it get it right? But more often than not, the culture is getting it wrong and misleading our vulnerable children and teens at a point in time when they are forming an identity and forming a worldview. So what I'm trying to do is get people to see, yes, we need to know the Word. That's, That's the most important thing. But then after looking at the Word, when we start to look at the world, these things will pop up. And now we need to think with our kids to train them how to think critically and Christianly on their own. No, that's that's true. I, I'm I'm just afraid that it's affected our adults, uh, who are now parents, more than we understand as well. Because, you know, I was showing a, a clip from a PBS documentary in in the mid 1990s, and I, and while you may remember this, it's called it was called the Lost Children of Rockdale County. Do you are you familiar with that? Yes, yes, okay. I do remember that. And we play that for our kids occasionally, if, you know, not the whole thing, just some clips from it. And uh, they're interviewing these these young kids, and the thing that we had to come to terms with is this wasn't, to, you know, Gen Z they were interviewing. This was their parents. Right. This right. is the thing that the parents are steeped in this stuff, even before you know computers are really much of a thing, and certainly smartphones. So how I was just talking to a parent last night, and it just seemed like in one ear, out the other almost as bad as the kids themselves when it comes to some of this stuff, particularly entertainment, because, you know, you got Christians, Christians in ministry, that Game of, Game of Thrones, MTV, uh, they're staples in their home. And they don't see how that's retarding their effectiveness, not only in their ministries, but in their daily lives and relationships with one another. Can you speak to that? Yeah, and and this is where I think the church really needs to step up and step into, you know, from the pulpit, uh, you know, from the stage on Sunday mornings, we need to preach to this. And certainly youth workers are uniquely positioned to challenge parents in these ways. So let me give you an example. You, you know, we're talking about music and media here right now. You know, one of the one of the top songs that's out there right now by one of the most popular artists, Taylor Swift, is a song called You Need to Calm Down. And just a few weeks ago at the MTV Video Music Awards, it won two awards. It was nominated for nine. It won two. Uh, and there are significant awards. One is the video of the year, so it's a top video for the whole year. 
And then also a, a category called Video for Good. And that's awarded to a music video that addresses a contemporary social cause in ways that is pleasing, culturally speaking. Mm-hmm. So the song's called You Need to Calm Down. And basically, you know, Swift is addressing in this song two audiences. One would be those who criticize her online. You know, you're taking pot shots at me. Why don't you speak to me face to face? You need to calm down. But secondly, and this is really what the, the main uh, topic of the video is, it's a, uh, it came out during Pride Month uh, in June, and it's a statement about sexuality that pretty much anything goes. Right. And in this case, particularly in, in relationship to issues of gender and sexuality. Mm-hmm. And if parents watch this, you'll, you'll see. Now, look, this thing has been watched I think close to 150 million times online. It's been listened to over and over. And to your point, Trace, what is stunning to me is that relatively speaking, parents, many, many Christian parents, think that because it's Taylor Swift and it's not something, you know, maybe more extreme in terms of lifestyle and things, out of that ignorance we say, this is probably the best popular music for my kids to listen to (laughs) and for younger and younger kids. And I'm always... I'm always surprised at the number of Christian parents who very excitedly will, will you know, take their young daughters. Uh, and I'm talking el- elementary school to a Taylor Swift concert mm-hmm. and, you know, even purchase or make the music available to their kids. And so it, my point in all this is, number one, we lack discernment. We, we have to first look at this and say, what is good, true, right, and honorable according to the scriptures? And what is off base here? What are the lies that are being told, you know, about identity and worldview? And if listeners go and access this song, they'll, they'll see what I'm, what I'm, you know, talking about here mm-hmm. and what she's obviously singing about. But this is mainstream stuff in the world of our youngest right. kids. No, absolutely. And so, parents, you need to step up. And this is where, again, I go back to say the church needs to teach the, uh, skills of discernment. One of the things that we've done here at CPYU is put together a little tool we call how to use your head to guard your heart. We, it's been out there for about 30 years now. We keep revising it. Mm-hmm. But it basically teaches media discernment. You know, the first thing you do is you watch a piece and you objectively discover what is the worldview here. Then you discern. That's the second step. The second D, that's where you put what you've just seen up against the truths of God's Word. Is what's being put out there true or is it lies? Is it something that we need to embrace or something we need to run from. And then the last step is to decide. And I, I'm afraid at this point, you know, we, we don't do any of those things. Right. I don't think we discover. I don't think we discern. I don't think we decide. I think we just immerse without no, any it, kind it, of That's thought. exactly right. And uh, I, I really don't think that many people understand the significance of having a biblical worldview or, or even what a worldview actually is. But you mentioned Taylor Swift. Um, this, she is uh, one of the poster children for the slow road in, into the abyss that we had talked about earlier. But Taylor's not alone. Uh, Miley Cyrus, Christine Aguilera, Britney Spears, all, you know, f- former, you know, Mouseketeers or, you know, candy bar music. Taylor started that. Uh, she, she was uh, started out that way as well, uh, being very innocent uh, w- with the music. And then as things took off, it's, it's like every one of these artists had already created for themselves a following of young kids and and then took things to another level. This this is marketing 101. It's 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 actually genius. And now these kids are seduced uh, into the reputation of the old Brittany and Miley and Christina and Taylor, but they're being influenced now with the new 
which has really uh, got a very dark side to it. And our parents are, are looking through this. And again, like you said, taking these kids to these concerts, and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's incredibly sad to me. And I, I, you know, if I can speak to that, you, you make a great point, and I, I just want to share with you something that was confirmed for me several years ago. So you mentioned Britney Spears, and, and I know we don't hear much about her. She's been in the news lately because of, you know, supervision over her life and her father leaving as her conservator and, you know, finding someone else to, to handle her affairs and things. So she has been in the, in the news for that, not so much her music, but... But, you know, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago now, I wrote an article about Britney Spears as she was first coming on the scene and just talking about this. And one of the warnings that I gave was, look, this is fairly, relatively speaking, relatively speaking, this is fairly innocent, uh, you know, generic pop music. It is designed to draw in the youngest of the young. Several years after that, I went to a marketing conference, just as a fly on the wall. I wasn't a spy. I was trying to learn, you know, how to, how to marketers market to kids. I believe the conference was called Kid Power. Mm-hmm. And I went to a seminar that was called how to, how to Make a Pop Star. And the young lady who led the seminar, when she started, said, I am the person responsible for the phenomenon known as Britney Spears. She said, I'm going to tell you how we made Britney Spears. And she basically said, what we do is we create a persona and we make music that the mothers will like because the mothers are the gatekeepers for the younger daughters. Now, as those girls grow up, what they do is because of the movement in adolescence, it's no longer cool to like the music that your mom likes. So what we've done is we've changed, we changed the pop star Mm -hmm. and we remake the pop star in ways that the moms won't like so that the girls will continue to like the pop star. Yeah. And I thought, I mean, it's not rocket science. I, I had assumed for a long time that that's what was happening. But to actually hear that was quite eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same reason that a lot of the hip-hop stars, rock stars, have uh, crosses hanging around their neck. It's a marketing ploy. It's called market share. And they know that millions and millions of Christian kids uh, are buying their stuff. And if mom, all mom sees is the uh, CD jacket or a, a quick uh, clip uh, on TV or, you know, the Internet uh, with uh, Snoop Dogg or whomever, uh, a, a cross hanging around their neck, hey, here's the 20 bucks, go buy the CD, you know? Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, I was going to say to that as well, you know, there's another level to that. There's another layer to that that's, that really is deeply troubling to me, and that is that much of that right now is you, you'll have these folks talk very openly about what they call their Christian faith, but when you start to examine <laughs> what their faith is, when they make statements about that directly mm-hmm. and explicitly, or when you look implicitly at the fruit in their lives, or you listen to lyrics, or you watch music video, you will see things that are not good, true, right, and honorable. Yeah. And what troubles me there is that's an indicator of another cultural trend that we have lost our understanding of, A, who Jesus is, and B, what it means to follow Jesus and be a disciple of Jesus. So, you know, expressive individualism is what's ruling our culture right now. It's not living under the lordship of Christ. And even in the church, yeah, even in the church, expressive individualism has become the sort of our marching orders where you make your own faith. You decide for yourself what your faith will be. What Mm -hmm. bits and pieces of Christian orthodoxy will you choose to implement into your life, and that what, what bits and pieces will you actually rewrite or change? And so I don't trust now. I think this is where discernment is important, even within the world of quote-unquote Christian music. You know, you, you've got to be really careful and, and use discernment. Listen, learn, and talk to your kids. Teach discernment to your kids. No doubt about it. 
We're talking today with Dr. Walt Mueller, founder and president of the Center for Parent Youth Understanding, or CPYU, author of numerous books, including the one that we're discussing today, Youth Culture 101. We'll be back with more conversation here on Licensed to Parent right after this. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. Prison. Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Remember, you can find our past conversations with guests like Dr. Mueller uh, on our website, licensedtoparent.org. And again, we're talking today with Dr. Walt Mueller, founder of Center for Parent Youth Understanding and also author of the book Youth Culture 101 that we've been talking about today. Trace? Well, to pick up on what we were talking about before the break, uh, why aren't more pastors uh, from the pulpit speaking to cultural issues that their parishioners and, 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 and young people take to the streets? I'm talking, you know, yeah. entertainment, music, uh, digital technologies effect on the spiritual well-being of their congregations and particularly their youth. Yeah. I, you know, there's a few reasons for that. One would be, I think there are many who are just ignorant to the reality mm-hmm. of these things. They're not aware, and so they can't preach to or speak to or teach to what they're not aware of. I think as well, there are many who are aware, but they don't see these things as an issue right. uh, because their own standards for discernment, I think, are off a bit and, and maybe not shaped real well by God's Word. And perhaps they've immersed themselves as well in these things, so it's really not an issue for them. And then I think there are those as well who they may see these things as an issue, but you know what? I'd rather just talk about Jesus 
Yeah. And, and certainly there's an issue there because when we talk about Jesus, it's not about just about coming to faith in Jesus and having eternal life. It's living under the Lordship of Christ. And I would encourage pastors to speak to that, what that means. But some are just afraid to offend people right. who are there. I don't want to turn anybody That's off. I, I, I want people to be here. And so there's that marketing way of thinking about things. And then uh, there's one last thing I'd say as well that w- we do in the church now. There's been a a shift in the balance between truth and grace in our proclamation. And I think in our ministries, we're really emphasizing grace, which we should, sure. but at the expense of truth. Yeah. And we're afraid to, to tell the truth to people. I, you know, when people say, I just want kids to know I love them. Well, part of that is, you know, we don't just let them do whatever they want to do. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Right. And I want to keep you from danger and harm. So I think it's a lot of that together. Yeah. We got a saying here. I love you too much, Junior, to care what you think about me right now. This is, this is, this is what has to be done. Uh, you may or may not be aware of uh, you know, the, the Joshua Harris thing or the Hill song thing. I mean, these are prominent people in the church that uh, come out in public and proclaim their, um, their questioning or totally abandoning their faith. That's a bit of a conundrum for parents to have to navigate uh, with their kids. How do you suggest that... Uh, moms and dads of teenagers uh, broach that topic with their kids? Yeah. Well, I do think it needs to be talked about. I do think we we can't assume things that we don't know about. I'm familiar with those situations, and I'm not exactly sure what all the dynamics are, but, but the reality is that we can talk about the importance of grounding yourself in God's Word, and we can talk about the dangers of celebrity. And it's not just the celebrities that are out there that have, you know, millions or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. I am running into more and more kids as we live in this digital world where you start a YouTube channel, you can get social media followers, that their main pursuit in life is the idolatry of celebrity, and they want to put themselves out there. And when we start... To, yes, exactly. When we become an idol to ourselves, that displaces God in our lives, and we worship created things rather than the Creator. So my point in all this is, and we've discussed this here, parents and youth workers and pastors need to raise these issues and talk about what we do know and the dynamics of what we do know and, and, and the legitimate dangers that are out there that can lead us astray. Yeah. Well, our time is up for today, unfortunately. Our guest today has been Dr. Walt Mueller, founder and president of the Center for Parent Youth Understanding, or CPYU. Walt, you all have a lot of great resources that are available, and I know many of them are uh, free. To anyone who would like to find out more, how do they do that? Well, just go to cpyu.org, and most everything on there is free. We encourage people to go spend about 10 minutes just looking around. You'll start to familiarize yourself with what's out there. We update the site daily. There is a daily one-minute radio spot that you can get as a podcast. It's called Youth Culture Today. We do a long-form podcast as well called Youth Culture Matters, so you can listen in a timely manner to what's happening in the culture. And then if you scroll down all the way to the bottom, you'll see We've got other initiatives that have their own websites that deal with issues of sexuality, that deal with issues of digital technology, and even college transitions. So there's lots there. It's all very practical and and informative, and we're there to serve folks. 
Well, you've primed the pump. Now we've got to go and dig in deep and drink the deep water. So thank you for that. Thank you for the resources, and thanks for being with us today on the program. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's a blessing to be with you guys. Likewise. And you'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org, and that's where you'll find all of our programs, conversations on a lot of topics vital to parents and their teens. You can also sign up for our blog. You can get on the bandwagon and help the work we do continue with your financial support as well. As you might imagine, running a residential program for troubled teens is expensive, and some families simply cannot afford it. But you can help. Simply click the Donate tab at the top of the page when you go to LicensedToParent.org. And if you'd like to learn more about Shepherd's Hill Academy and whether we might be a good fit for your family or for someone you know and care about, just click the link to Shepherd's Hill on our homepage. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. We'll see you next time.